1: These were moments that not everybody gets and there were nothing that I took for granted. And I just wanted to experience the country and follow my bliss.
0: Hi, I'm Nancy Regan. Welcome back to the Canadian Love Map. Today's episode belongs to one of the funniest people in Canada. Ron James has had a decades-long love affair with audiences across the country, and now he's written a book about that long-standing relationship. It's called All Over the Map, and that's also an apt description of my conversation with him. Enjoy! hey ron so great to have you here
1: thank you i'm honored nancy
0: do you know what i owe you a huge debt of gratitude and i want to start with this because during the bleakest time in the pandemic in that first lockdown you Mm. lit up my face with a huge smile when you did a show from your living room
1: oh thanks Oh, thank you. Thanks. Oh, you tuned into that New Year's show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It oh boy, that so was so great. Well, you guys. Although I couldn't hear you laughing, <laughs> I was hoping you were because it was uh, it was certainly um, a way for me to stay engaged and um, and you know besides maybe put uh, a few bucks in my kitty, uh, it was my way of making sense of the chaos we'd all been walking through in the language of laughs. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what people needed on New Year's Eve. And we'd all been in lockdown and um, just so worried and uh, frustrated with how the pandemic was not progressing uh, to the direction we wanted it to. So thanks very much. That was a That was a good experience. I'm glad you tuned in. Well, it felt
0: like a gift. It really did. It felt like, as you say, needed laughter. Yeah, it really, it felt like a gift, but so does your book. Your book feels to me like a love letter to your Canadian audiences.
1: That's exactly what I was hoping for. So thank you. Uh, It's been, um, you know, coming back from Los Angeles in 93 and writing up and down a shaky town in 94, And paying off the debt incurred, chasing that elusive sitcom dream, you know, the moving target uh, of, uh, for want of a better word, I suppose, uh, television fame in L.A., going down to do the series, having it cancelled, being in Newsweek on Tuesday with our cast picture. This is the show to watch. And on Monday, being chest deep in a hole on Robert Urich's front yard, pulling a rotted bush out with my buddy's (laughs) father's landscaping company. Uh, It's sobering. And yeah. uh, chasing the American dream uh, sired my Canadian one. So when I came yes. back, writing up and down in Shaky Town, moved me into stand up, and I think slowly but surely, one one kilometer at a time, one gig at a time, uh, it began uh, playing soft seat theaters, and in the book I talk about that first tour around the frozen lip of lake superior in february when i was smack dab in the heart of the canadian shield scoured granite hard by retreating glaciers (laughs) it's where (laughs) they just left yesterday being drop kicked in the solar plexus turning the tip of a highway up by gitchy goomy and feeling like i'd stepped right into a group of seven painting i thought this is it there's something else that's holy and um real that's going on here than just the gig. And look, I mean, I wasn't exactly playing theaters. I was I was playing smoke choke legions, church basements, uh, community centers, uh, high school gymnasiums, and uh, dodging logging trucks that threatened to bounce me into the afterlife. But <laughs> it was tactile. It was a real you could feel. And it was some, something that I was doing myself that didn't depend on an agent's endorsement, that didn't depend on a manager's strategy. Because nobody believed 25 years ago that playing soft seat theatres in Canada was really worth the goal, the the grail. Um, But after those three years spent chasing it in Los Angeles, I knew that there could be a legitimate one here. And what became so wonderful was hearing this heartline hum, this soul note that was being sung by people in place in my travels from one point of the compass to another.
0: Tell me about that.
1: Well, um, whether it was enjoying a, a sandwich on the beach in September in Stephenville, Newfoundland before the gig that night, um, talking to, um, an elderly grandmother flying back from Toronto where she was visiting her children who'd flown her there on flying points they got from flying back and forth from Fort Mac or talking to an Indigenous kid uh, at the Safeway uh, in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan about the racism he'd experienced his whole life, uh, sitting behind a Million year old boulder dropped by retreating glaciers on the tundra. While uh, an indigenous caribou hunter told me of his escape from the downtown east side and heroin addiction, to uh, um, an elderly waitress uh, at the Delta Hotel in Calgary who referred to Alberta as the land of opportunity, that when her mom and dad were killed in a car accident coming around Kelly's Mountain in the winter snowstorm in '67. She was left with 11 brothers and sisters to take care of because she was the oldest. She read about Alberta and Time magazine and moved out herself and then flew them all out one at a time. But she also told me that the two <laughs> oldest boys, there was there was just this beautiful humor, this soul humor in the middle of all these stories as well, you know, um, uh, which I love. I love when when the dramatic and the comedic are in tandem because that's really what life is Mm -hmm. and that's the hard challenge and this is like you're talking about soul here and i think that's where this that's where the soul note sings the loudest right and uh because life's not perfect and uh as dad used to say there was one perfect man ronnie and they crucified him huh can't be (laughs) perfect so um anyway and she told me that uh, the boys were working in the pit when they got big the two oldest villains and that great Cape Breton accent from the other side of the causeway, she said, so they wouldn't talk to me when they were at the kitchen table. They'll just sit down and, and shovel the food into their mouth. So do you know what I got? I got chopsticks. Yes, I did. I got chopsticks for them. You ever tried to eat mashed potatoes with chopsticks? <laughs> Honestly, That'll slow you down. I roared. I roared. <laughs> uh, or, 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 you know, I would, I would talk to, I would talk to people in in Prince George or or people would tell me stories of their lives in Nelson, B.C. And I I wanted to be a journalist a long time ago after I graduated from Acadia. Mm -hmm. So I think I was uh, vicariously answering um, my journalism um, uh, ambitions of a younger man before I moved into comedy. So I was diligent. I kept my moleskins and Uh, filled in journals when I was on the road so that whenever anybody talked to me, I wrote it down shortly afterwards. And I had my routine. I'd wake up in the morning. I'd go for my run. I'd come back. I'd have another breakfast. Uh, Then maybe I'd uh, just go to a cafe uh, or whatever, or crack the newspaper. Uh, But I always did my research. I always put my feet on the ground and I was able to experience the country from the soles of my feet up, like to go to head smashed in Buffalo Jump and talk to a Blackfoot docent as he told me all the names of the uh, points of land uh, in Blackfoot. Uh, These were moments that not everybody gets and there were nothing that I took for granted. And I just wanted to experience the country and follow my bliss. (laughs)
0: podcast is brought to you by charm diamond centers canada's largest family-owned jewelry store they are proud to be putting love on the map and the staff at charm diamond centers are thrilled to be a part of your love story too so visit charm diamond or one of your local stores love starts here ron i remember the first time i saw you in person in a show and it was Lunenberg and I remember thinking oh well you know I'm I'm gonna have to laugh I have to (laughs) I'm gonna have to laugh and and make sure that you know we support him and then I didn't stop laughing from the time we sat down from the time my butt hit the chair (laughs) till we left and my husband said the next day the thing he enjoyed most about the show was seeing how hard I was laughing. (laughs) So it was beautiful, but it was also... It was my introduction to your kind of comedy, which is different than anyone else I know. You are a thinking man's comedian, and uh, I want to know, how do you describe your show? What do you set out to do? Other than make people feel good, what's your your real aim in, in a
1: stage show? Unity, I suppose rather than Hmm. divisiveness
0: yeah
1: and i got uh i hear from people when i get too political they don't want that from me and uh when the orange mutant was running america (laughs) into the ground that low-hanging fruit that was trump uh you know it's like you're swinging at a pinata right and yeah it was hard to resist right right (laughs) and uh but i was proud of some of that content absolutely In my case, I can't work these things out at the club. I mean, I went to a club for the first time in, I don't know, 18 years, a couple of weeks ago. You know, and uh, because, you know, my eldest, who's 32, uh, and my youngest, 27, sometimes it can be blunt to dad. Dad, you're going to have to go to the clubs. Your audience is getting old. I said, well, I'm old. Maybe they'd like to hear more jokes about how I have tennis elbow and I only played seven games in my life. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I had tennis elbow, my left arm. I played seven games of my life, Nancy, and I'm right-handed. I said, Jesus. It was probably right? from drinking and the beer, beer and not playing the... tennis. Yes. And then the chiropractor says, how do you sleep? On your arm, on your back, and your stomach? I said, I don't know, buddy. I'm asleep. What I get for going to one of those fake doctors, right? Oh huh? chiropractor. Anyway, so I did. And I thought, "What? what? You're not talking about anything. You're not taught. You. What's your point of view? Yeah. It's it, it's all over the map. Uh, there were two out of the ten that were that were good, and one guy was excellent. But uh, I can't bear lazy comedy. Mm-hmm. I can't bear a comedian just standing on stage, using the audience as his uh, sounding board. Hey, hey, where are you from? All that stuff that you get from openers, and once I moved, uh, not openers, hosts in a club, right? I, I like to see an act, and that's what they used to tell me at Rumors Comedy Club too in Winnipeg, which was one of the best independent-run clubs in the company years ago. Because I started at the Laugh Resort, I wasn't a yuck yucks comic when mm-hmm. I did play the clubs five years, but the winter I did play yuck yucks, I learned a great deal. You know, you you're playing 11 p.m. on Saturday night uh live in the canadian showbiz dream in sudbury when you know 30 liquored up miners come in from the bottom of the earth where they've been digging nickel all week <laughs> and suddenly you gotta you got to get your laughs well you, you you flip the metaphorical knife from your boot and slice your way to safety and in those days too there was still smoking right so everybody's yes. chain smoking. There's big clouds of smoke rolling up to the stage. Oh Your eyes are gosh. watering. Guys are drunk. Some guys yelling at another guy across the way and you're trying to just get their attention. That's why acts get excessively blue and dirty yes. because it's the only way you can get attention, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, but uh, but Second City once again gave me the emphasis on structure. And structure is important in my shows. So there's a lot of things that come into play, but i I like to give, uh, I like to make sure everybody's getting their money's worth because there's so much hype that drives entertainment these days, and there's so many reasons to make people stay at home mm-hmm. prior to the pandemic, of course. So if someone's going to pay sixty bucks and get a babysitter and maybe have a meal and call up a couple of friends and make the effort to drive through a snowstorm to see me. I'm I'm gonna give him a show.
0: Yeah, I love that. Who first inspired you with their comedy when you were a kid? Who was the comedian that you looked at and went, "I want to do that," or "I want to be like that"?
1: Saturday Night Live in 1977. That really was the mark for me. Uh, that original cast. I remember seeing it uh, on Ninth Floor, World Tower. And I went, what the hell is this? I used to watch Don Kirshner's rock concerts at this time. And no, boom, here it comes. It's Aykroyd, it's Belushi, it's Bill Murray, it's Gilda Radner, it's Lorraine Newman, and um, uh, Garrett Morris, and Chevy Chase. It was phenomenal. Yeah. And And
0: they were really legitimizing comedy as a,
1: a career. You're exactly right. They legitimized comedy as a career. And so many, and I found out where did they come from? Who are they? And they came from Second City. Mm -hmm. So after graduation, I went up and I took the classes in Second City. And that's how I got into, uh, I got hired a year later. And uh, I tried stand-up that first uh, year too. And it was, uh, I didn't like bombing. I couldn't, I couldn't take the bombing because the first night I did great. And then night after night, after night, after that amateur night, I, I just kept getting crappier. And I thought, geez, I can't do this, man. I gotta, you know, I gotta, I gotta be around people. That sounds like inter- golf, yeah. a little bit. And the energy at Yucks was very competitive <laughs> in those days. It was dark and competitive. Yeah. And uh, once I got into Second City, there was a whole different vibe. It was, it was fun, you know. And you were around people, and you made fast friends. And uh, a year later, I met June, and we stayed together for twenty-three years, and 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 had two beautiful daughters out of the relationship before we split. So, um, I mean, there's a lot of good that came into my life from joining that organization besides the disappointment and uh i um i talk about it in the book how um you know it's like a batter loses his edge or a goalie loses his concentration Uh, there was a standard of improv that um wasn't copacetic with my energy let's just say that and uh i got let go and it was a hard thing uh to uh, hear when this had been my dream in toronto so that was a big setback to be let go from an organization that uh, I, uh, I was a, a real star in the touring company and uh, we all got along. And then the pressures of main stage in downtown Toronto and everybody who was anybody was shooting a movie in Toronto at the time. And this was always a stopping place. You know, I remember Robin Williams came down and improvised with us five nights in a row after doing his own show with the Hummingbird Center. He did two hours there, came with us did um an hour set improvising with us then did another hour of his own material it was like nothing i'd ever seen it was a a starburst but everybody'd come through and there was always pressure to um to be as good as the sctv people that were on the air at the time uh but lo and behold life's all about the long haul uh 30 years no 30 35 years later i get a call from andrew alexander the chap who gave me my pink slip all those years ago and said look ronnie Uh, we want you to um, open for SCTV's Netflix special being directed by Martin Scorsese at the Elgin Theatre and hosted (laughs) by Jimmy Kimmel. And so I guess he felt that the improviser I tried to be uh, 35 years ago uh, wasn't the stand-up that I became uh, after all those years on the road. And um, so it's about the long haul, Nancy, and it's about never, ever, ever giving up
0: so ron when you look back do you have regrets
1: uh oh yeah
0: <laughs> oh yeah
1: <laughs>
0: I, I thought you were gonna say well yeah no it was good that i got dumped at that time that i did way back well,
1: then. <laughs> <laughs> I made some personal choices i'd rather not go into <laughs> but i uh yeah but you know i guess everything happens for a reason and uh you just keep going going forward. and uh, I uh, I just love this work so much, you know and I um, I just love looking down from the audience and seeing people laughing, Nancy. I, I just and I think I, I try my best to to carry that sense of hospitality that uh, my parents, had for anyone and everyone who crossed their threshold um
0: oh that's great
1: in halifax you know and uh, mind you my sister and i used to get bent out of shape on christmas morning it's like we just opened the gifts can we please have 15 minutes of ourselves <laughs> before every newfoundlander in the city comes in the house how's she going today boy what did you get kids? <laughs> you know Some cousin comes in and breaks your hockey game. What the hell? Hey. (laughs) So they were hospitable Uh, to a fault. (laughs) To a fault, to a fault, drinking my father's rum or my mother's pigskin and hot Cape Breton tea. Watch out. And uh, biscuits and uh, good neighborhood, good friends and uh, colorful relations. Uh, It all made for a colorful tapestry that I could draw from my entire life. I mean, you know. When I have a father who, when I was flunking math, could look at me and say, Jumping gentle German Jesus on a unicycle, you better start passing math, you sawed off little christer or there's going to be a stranger in hell for breakfast by the Lord snapping our souls. <laughs> if you can't get mileage on that, Nancy, but you know, comedy, it's not like it was an option. I had a Cape Breton mother, a Newfoundland father, and I was 41 pounds and I was 15 years old, and 37 of that was my friggin' head. It's like, when, it's like when Bill Lynch came to town, mom had to hide me, right? You get, take the lady up the street. She's five years into menopause and has a big beard. Get her. Right? Uh, right? No, 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 no. no. Jesus. Okay. It's, it's uh, unbelievable. <laughs> it's, like, it's like when I went to the doctor and uh, uh, I had a torn meniscus from running. He said, your injury is typical of aging athletes. I said, athlete, I got seven goals in 10 years playing Halifax minor hockey and six were on my own friggin' net athlete <laughs> jesus anyway oh you know, my gosh but look that's the whole thing man uh you just you either love the game or you don't and uh yeah. i just i'm 64 the end of january I, i've just been very fortunate uh and grateful to uh have been given the opportunity to um actualize my calling.
0: Ron, there's a lot of Canadians who have made it big in comedy. Where are the funniest people in Canada? I'm going to ask you to choose <laughs> to choose a region. Are you willing to do that?
1: Oh no, that's impossible. That'll that'll piss them off and <laughs> tour the whole country. Okay, okay Are you crazy? Right. I got to play BC right. in November too. <laughs> uh, okay, Can you- but look, look, I'm going to tell you, pound for pound. I'm going to say, pound for pound, and this means no disrespect to any other corner of Canada. Newfoundlanders, man. Yeah. Newfoundlanders, Nancy. It Dear had to God be. Dear God almighty. I just played the Writers Festival in Newfoundland. First time I was on stage in a year. Oh, my God. And I said to them, I said, for the love of God, you can't stop talking, can you? <laughs> Can I just get a double-double and a donut? I don't need to know the size of the cysts they found on your brother-in-law's third cousin's Pekingese dog in Fort Mac. Shut Shut up. And I'm telling you, I was there for four days and I came away there thinking, if a person doesn't leave Newfoundland with a smile on their face and a spring in their step, there's not a medication in the world that can put one there. Right on. And this is all due respect to my Cape Breton roots and all due respect to Haligonians that I grew up with who always made me laugh and all the other people across the country. There's something magical about that chunk of Gondwana land sitting in the North Atlantic already old as God in a long gone bio tucked on that's got some kind of special dust sprinkled on it because uh, it's remarkable.
0: I love it. Okay. And so my last question has to be, if this book is a love letter to Canada, what do you love about this country of yours?
1: Our generosity of spirit.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Our generosity of spirit. You know, I remember when Fort Mac burned. Right. I'm in downtown Toronto in Corktown in a condo, and there's nothing but condos around me. Okay. And when Fort Mac caught on fire, was it eight years ago now? Uh, There was a big dumpster, like when you do renovations, uh, just um, at a store around the corner from me. Right. And for a country ridden these days, it seems, with finger-pointing, polarity, and schisms, um, that big dumpster filled with clothes, toys, and items for the people of Fort Mac in 48 hours, and it's remarkable how small-town Canada feels during times of crisis, and I wish to God that this idiocy perpetrated by anti-vaxxers, anti-maskers, anti-this, anti-that, and how the libertarian ethos take a backseat to community. So we can wrestle this pig to the mat and finally move forward because we're not going to be able to if we don't join together as a community. And I think that generosity of spirit exists in this country. We just have to remember to find it again and it's there. Um, You know, look at what the Maritimes did last year with the Atlantic bubble. It's generosity of spirit and we have to marshal that communal spirit. Because when me trumps we, everybody loses. And that's the way we gotta pull together. Right on. Okay, but
0: thank you so much for your time. Thank you for this beautiful book. It's Thanks, gonna please. put a, it's gonna put smiles on a lot of faces and laughs in a lot
1: of hearts. Well, we'll see you in the kingdom before too long. Sounds good, brother. Thank, thank you, you very much. On. Stay well, my friend.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Canadian Love Map. If you love us, please subscribe and share. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map. This podcast is presented and made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter.